Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Coffee Break Podcast. These are short podcasts for you to listen to at a coffee break. Developed to give you some quick ideas on how to help you build your desk and business. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller for today's Coffee Break Podcast. Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast. I'm Adrian Mansfield, and in my 20 plus years in recruitment, I've had a number of million pound years. I've worked in most of the major recruitment markets and in all sales roles within a recruitment agency. I've also run my own company and set up companies both in the UK and in several international locations. Recruitment has given me the opportunity to travel the world and see some of the best and worst places on offer, from Australia to Afghanistan and many more in between. The Million Pound Biller podcast offers those at any level in recruitment tips and ideas from me and my contacts, both inside and outside recruitment, but all from the coalface. Information and ideas that can be taken back to your day-to-day careers and put you on the path to a million pound year. The cornerstone of my success over the years has been my willingness to learn and develop my skills, something I still do every day. Now I'm offering you some of my ideas and thoughts that will allow you to squeeze the most out of your recruitment career, no matter what level you're at and where you're aiming for. Every journey, even one to a million pounds, starts with a single step. So let's take that first step together. Welcome to this week's Million Pound Biller podcast. Things are starting to get back to a version of normal here in the UK. And for what I hear speaking to people in the market, things seem to be slowly moving in a positive direction in terms of companies looking to recruit. I've said many times before, the move out of any recession is like riding a wave. You need to time it right. But if you do, then you can ride that wave and it will bring a great enjoyment and success to your business. I was also reminded this week that most major depressions, recessions in history have led to major booms as soon after they finished. The Spanish flu and World War I led to the Roaring Twenties. The end of the World War II led to a boom in Europe and the UK. And even in the recent past, we've seen major growth after the issues of the, in the 70s and again post-millennium in 2008. In my opinion, the key with any such growth spurts is to make sure you continue to focus on the fundamentals. It'd be very easy to get carried away and overextend yourself. But if you can keep to a good business principles, the opportunities will be there for us over the coming months and years. If you ever considered making a step out to work for yourself, now may be a perfect opportunity. As things start to grow, to make that leap and to take a real part of the opportunity that is coming. And that leads us on to this week's first topic. What holds us back from going alone? I was speaking with a number of people in recruitment in the last few weeks. And one area that seemed to be a comment in relation to the reasons why they were holding back from making the jump to work for themselves was the issue of money. I'm sure there are many out there at the moment whom the last 18 months has been hard, finances have been stretched, and the idea of putting risk on them further by going alone is a big factor. I understand that all too well. When I set up my first company, I was young, I had no dependents, but now I have a daughter, a house, and a wide range of other commitments that pull on my wallet each month. Back when I first set up my first agency, I had almost nothing to lose. If I was successful, I'd be earning far more than if I carried on working. And if I wasn't, I could always step away and go back to a normal job, even at a lower package, and still be able to cover my bills and everything else. Also, the level of success I needed to cover those bills was much, much less back then. I leaped almost because there was no risk. My view was, hey, what's the worst that can happen? And I had an answer to that. But has that much changed since those days when I leapt first? I would argue not really. The final question I posed myself then is the same one I would need to pose to myself now. What is the worst that can happen? That question allows me to make plans and to review my position. Then it allows me to take action to mitigate any of those risks. Sure, I need to make a higher income from the company on day one these days than I did when I had no dependencies. But there was still a figure as there is today. I just need to work out how and where I can deliver that number. 
Equally, what I know today that I didn't know back in the mid-2000s was there was a great number of options open and available to reduce the risk and perhaps even share the costs. I had to find banks who would finance my contractors, and that took time and cost me a significant part of my margin, and I kept all of the risk. So I was basically paying through the nose for some money. Now there are lots of other options open that I can offer the solution, either at a lower cost or a similar cost, but where they carry all the risks of the client not paying. There are even such solutions for permanent placements, something that was never on offer from my bank back then. Equally, there are a wide range of solution companies who can aid in the management of your company, can take off a large amount of the admin, and let you focus on the bit that gets the money in. Those didn't exist back when I first started. The good companies in that space can even help you open up new clients and work with you on the whole recruitment process. Or there are lesser companies who will just offer the back office functions, legals, etc. Whatever might fit your needs the best. Though my view would always be get the most bang for your buck. So if it costs are the same, go for the team that offers the most services and have the least tie-ins. Why, for example, sign up for 18 months or two years with a six-month notice period, as I know some of them offer, just to have them offer you terms and run your finances? That doesn't seem to be a good trade-off to my mind. Finally, there are other methods to get investment to cover your base costs, even perhaps provide you with a salary for the first few months to reduce the risk even more. Sure, these methods will come with some form of investor or share scheme where you have to give over a share of the company and profits to make the deal. However, if you pick the right people and get the right deal, then even these can be highly beneficial. The right investor will help open doors or perhaps help with wider business support. They may even be able to bring you business that you can work on. So I come back to the point that I made at the beginning. If the thing that is holding you back from making the leap is simply money, then there are a number of ways to overcome that. The quick question is, what is the worst that can happen? Review that and then make plans accordingly. You may find that the issue you built up is actually very easy to overcome. And so on to topic two for this week. And this is a little bit more introspective, but I hope it will resonate with some of you. I spent a period last week doing some deep work on my personal life and my view on the world. The time I take to do this podcast each week has given me some real insights into me as well as thinking about the wider recruitment world. On my weekly long walk, I took some time to think about what drives me and what my motivations are. I, like many of you, had a range of goals and targets over the years, be that business targets or personal goals to hit. However, it wasn't until I looked at things last week that I realised that my biggest driver is not to deliver on those success goals, but rather it's that I have a fear of failure, a fear of setting out on a path and not getting there. That fear of failure is what drives me. I set goals and in most cases in my career I've hit them. But the driver to hit them hasn't been the goal in and of itself, but rather the fear of failing to hit that goal, or indeed the wider just fear of failing full stop. This is a big discovery for me, and one that I'm really happy that I've made. It tells me a great deal about myself and how I work, and importantly, will help me to better manage my goals going forward. You may think that by knowing this, I will set myself smaller or lesser goals so that I can be sure that the fear isn't too large. But actually, I believe it's going to be quite the opposite. Knowing what my driver is now, I can start to use it to my benefit. I can set those goals that seem out of reach, goals that may seem far too daunting, and then let my innate driver take over. That driver will provide me with a get up and go to work hard, to get to the goal I set. It will trigger the nagger in my head when I'm thinking about putting off that additional call or follow-up. It will keep me moving when I hit those tough patches. As to stop will be to fail, and that's something I can't accept. Of course, it's not all positives, and I'm sure it will give me the odd 4am wake-up call when I have a realisation I've not done something, or perhaps just because I've got that fear I'm not going to make the goal. It will have me being elsewhere when I want to be present with my daughter or other loved ones. But the knowledge of the issue and the understanding that it will or may 
happen means I can also better able to deal with those issues when they come up. In the past, I've just dealt with them and seen them as normal. Now I'll see them part of the process and will work to lessen their impact. I say all this not to pat myself on the back, but rather to offer some help and guidance to those of you who are listening to this, but at the start of your recruitment journey, or perhaps partway through. I've been doing this over 20 years, and by any measure, I've had a successful career, and my career continues to be successful to this day. Yet I still have doubts. I have fears. I have issues in my day-to-day that spill over from my private life into work, and vice versa. I've experienced and perhaps know how to deal with some of these better now than I did 20 years ago, but until a week or so back, I didn't truly know what drove me to do what I do. There is always a time to work on yourself. If you can better understand you and what drives you, you will be better at delivering on your goals and you'll be a better person, which in turn will make you a better business person. I highly recommend the process from deep work on yourself. It's helped me and I'm sure it can help you. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. And as always, I'm looking forward to catching up with you all on social media over the coming weeks. Just a reminder, I'm at Million Pound Villa in all the usual places. I have a range of stellar interviews lined up for the next month and I hope to be putting the next one out there very soon for you all. I'm blessed that I've been able to talk to some leaders, not just in recruitment, but in some other interesting spaces that have a real resonance for us in recruitment. And I look forward to sharing them with you over the coming weeks. To keep up to date with these and the other coffee breaks, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can leave a review, even better. It will help us to improve what we're doing and also help us to reach other people. But until next week, enjoy the journey.